to another episode of And Then It Hit Me. I'm your host, Lindsay Sprout. On today's episode, we talk to Akel Cupid, a transformation coach from Toronto, who discusses his serious accident he had 13 years ago, just six months after moving to Canada from the Caribbean. His real passion was soccer, and he dreamed of one day becoming a huge soccer star, but that was all derailed after being hit as a pedestrian. He talks about the many obstacles and change of his mental mindset that he had to overcome during his recovery, but his main motivation was his true love getting back to soccer. Let's take a listen. Would you like to introduce yourself for us and give us or tell us about your story? Yeah, for sure. You know, thank you so much for having me on. I, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you having this platform so we can tell our stories to the world and help other people who are in similar circumstances. So again, thank you so much. Okay. Um, my name is Akel Cupid. Uh, I'm a transformation coach here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, you know, right now I personally work with lots of female entrepreneurs, helping them overcome limits and beliefs when it comes to prioritizing their health. That's a, the biggest thing I'm doing right, right now. Um, so, so yeah, um, I'm just going to jump right into to yeah. my personal story. Um, well, I, I immigrated to Canada when I was 14 years old, uh, you know, turning, turning 15. Um, the, the goal when I, when I got to Canada was basically to be this huge soccer star. That, that's always <laughs> been my thing. I love, love, love soccer. Um, and I've always wanted to pursue that professionally, either, you know, through going professionally straight out of high school or even, you know, going to college and playing university, you know, soccer and then maybe moving up to the professional level. That was the goal. Honestly, it was the only, the only reason I had moved here, right? I had a really good <laughs> life in, in uh, the Caribbean. And then after six months of being in Canada, I had my car accident. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so it was, I got here in like June and then like December I had my car accident. Oh man. Uh, yeah. So I, I was going to school and everything, making friends, trying to, you know, get yeah, used to this new way of life. Yeah. And uh, it, everything just got derailed. Um, mm. But yeah, so during my, when I had experienced my car accident, I was actually working at McDonald's at the time because uh, when I came here, I realized that, you know, you have to work hard for <laughs> everything you want. Yeah. And so I was really amb ambitious kid. I was like, you know, going to work, making sure I make my own money and just to, to do things I wanted to do and enjoy. Um, it was it was a very dark day, um, uh, December 11, 2007. Mm -hmm. And I was on the streetcar in Toronto, uh, Christian Sinclair area. Got off the streetcar. There are multiple little islands that you can, you know, kind of get off the streetcar and stand mm -hmm. on and wait for the light. Yeah. Uh, I was waiting for the light. And as soon as I stepped out into the street, I just got cleaned up by a car. So I was a pedestrian. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was going to work and I just got literally destroyed. My life was almost over. Um, then after that, all I remember is being in the hospital, uh, people poking me, of course, <laughs> with uh, pins and needles, making sure uh, everything is okay. And yeah, that, that's my story. You know, um, wow. I, I saved the graphic parts of, of, of the story when it comes to the accident itself, because that was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if, if, if you want me to go through that or, 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 or anything. Well, how much of it do you remember? Like in my case, I mm -hmm. was in medically induced coma. So oh, wow. I don't remember. I mm -hmm. remember two weeks 
after the accident, waking up, being plugged into all these wires, you probably can relate, being like, what in the world just happened? Mm-hmm. So did you have a similar, um, I guess, similar circumstance or do you remember everything? Do I remember? Or what do you remember, I guess? I, you know, the, the thing I remember the most is that I actually, when I got hit by the car, my, the way I got hit on my left side, my head hit the windscreen and it broke the windscreen and my entire upper body was on the passenger side, inside the passenger side of the car. Um, uh, so that, of course, I got a lot of traumatic brain injuries from that and uh, thankfully I recovered. But the yeah. one thing I remember is uh, a stranger walking up to me and he's like, Hey man, like, I, I don't know if you know what's going on, but is there anybody I can call? And I remember at the time just telling him my mom's phone number. Wow. And then completely passing out. I don't remember the ambulance getting there. I don't remember anything after that, just being in the hospital with a bunch of nurses around me, just, just yeah. poking me from all angles. I was like, <laughs> what is happening? Right. Yeah. Um, so that's the only thing I, I really remember. And, and, and I just remember like being in lots of pain mm-hmm. and being in shock from yeah. all the blood and, and all, all everything that was going on. I was like completely just, just shocked like, that my life just changed right before my eyes, just exactly. like that. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that was the, the story of, of me getting <laughs> in this traumatic uh, car accident. Wow. So yeah. you said that you had just moved from the Caribbean, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you have your whole family living with you in Toronto or was it just a f- like you and your mom? No, I, it was me, my mom and my four siblings um, wow. were here. Yeah, my, my, my mom and my dad are not together anymore. Okay. So my dad is in the, in the Caribbean in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, so yeah, I moved here just, just for a better life, better opportunities. And six months later, uh, boom. So, you know, of course, you know, my grandma and my, my dad, he's like, I knew you shouldn't have gone, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) in retrospect, it's okay. Oh, so how has your daily functioning changed and what do you have to do differently now in order to function on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like now, since I've been living with, like, you know, my injuries and my scars for so long mm-hmm. that my function has become just normal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's the, that's the one thing I, I challenge myself to do is basically to adapt to every new situation. Um, and I've always been really good at that, even from a young age, right? So, but when, it, when, the, when I first got out of the hospital, which was after like, I think I spent like almost four months in the hospital wow. and over 18 surgeries on my leg and my oh, arm. God. Um, so the, the biggest thing I had to overcome was just being not active, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not being able to do the things I enjoy, which was soccer. Like that, that, that was my life. I honestly, at that point, I didn't care about anything else. <laughs> it's about, okay, let me make some money. <laughs> and also let me just play soccer. The, the, <laughs> the, my favorite thing to do. Right. So, um, that was the biggest thing was, uh, trying to, do whatever I can to get back to my bliss, which yep. was soccer. So, yeah. So what injuries did you sustain then? Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I had um, uh, a lower leg injury. So my tibia and fibula broken, mm-hmm. like completely uh, punctured the skin. Uh, and then I had a massive laceration on my left arm, went straight, straight through to the bone. So oh, during that time, I could see my bone 
while I was sitting on the hood of the car and I'm looking down and I remember being like, just in shock. I didn't even say anything. I didn't really know what to think. Adrenaline kicks in at that point. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I had pretty bad um, infections as well in the Mm. hospital. So I almost lost my left leg. And thank God my mom was like, there's no way you're going to amputate my son's leg. Do something better. There's, there's has to be another option. Um, And during that, uh, they had to really uh, clean the wound. So they have to remove the the dying flesh. So they had to do a lot of that for my leg. So at the end of the day, like the scar on my leg is massive and you can still see a a divot from them just taking out and cleaning the wound. So it doesn't, the infection doesn't spread. Yeah. Yeah. You have to use what they called, I got this, a vac on your leg to close the opening. Yes. So I actually had compartment syndrome, oh, um, wow. which is basically this, like your, your leg is just swelling and uh, there's lots of fluid. Yep. And so your, your skin cannot handle the pressure. So they had to make incisions oh, on man. each side of my leg. And once they did that, that's when the infection started to happen. Um, so yeah, they had to, they had to do all kinds of stuff. The most, the majority of the, the, uh, the surgeries was on my leg because they just couldn't figure out what they should do to save it. Right. Thank God they did. But yeah, back then I had to experience all that. Sounds very similar to my experience with my leg. Yeah. I had the back. Mm-hmm. That's part of my PTSD. And now mm-hmm. that I look back is them having to remove the tape and all that whole process every single day. It was yes. the worst. Probably really painful, right? Yeah. And I remember the, um, who was it orthopedic that's who it was coming to me and saying to me look at your leg look at your leg like come on it's okay and I'm like ew why would I want yeah with all like all the openings and the scars and yeah 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 it's 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 I I know exactly how you feel because there's multiple times they had to do a clean-in of the leg and they they were just like we, we've been putting you on too much anesthesia like we have to do this without you know pain medication oh God. and i'm like are you sure like this, shit, this is painful already and i still remember that distinctly because that was the worst pain i've experienced oh, even God. including the car accident itself that's what i them, say too <laughs> <laughs> with them cleaning the wound after after like you know without anesthesia that was completely uh, the worst pain I've ever had since. 100%. So my pain tolerance is definitely shot through the roof. I'm telling you that. <laughs> so there's you a lot I can both. handle now. <laughs> so I know we've touched on this a little bit, but could you mm-hmm. describe to everybody what your recovery process looked like from the beginning to, I guess, even now you're probably still doing rehab to continue the process, right? And get better. Yeah. So the, the first thing I'd say is that your recovery you know, really never ends. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you're, you're never going to be 100% the person who you were back then uh, physically because you this, the injuries were so big. But more importantly, it's up here mentally. Yeah. You, you're, never, you're never really going to be the same mentally. Um, you might be better or you might be worse, you know. And for me, I made the decision to be better. Exactly. And that's a big thing. It is. You know, a, a lot of people and do, do not make the decision to be better because a lot of the doctors are going to say to you, Oh, you're never going to be able to walk again, mm-hmm. or you're never going to be able to play soccer again. That's mm-hmm. them projecting their negativity and their opinions on you. That does not make it true. So I made a decision 
to to get better because the love of my life, which is soccer at the time, was still waiting for me, right? So um, that was my driving uh, motivation was getting better physically first because I know if I can, if I'm physically strong enough to, you know, get on the field and just like, you know, walk again, I'm halfway there, you know? Um, So that was the biggest thing. And when it comes to recovery, the biggest thing and the biggest piece of, help and I got was from a, a PSW, a, P, a rehab support worker. Yeah. Um, so my rehab support worker, it was amazing. I had two of them. I had a speech right. therapist because after my uh, head injury, like I had to get a rehab support worker who, who, who knew how to help me form sentences again. Cause for okay. a while there, I was just, I couldn't speak yeah. uh, well because I hit my head so hard mm-hmm. and something happened. And I also had another one who took me to the gym for the first time. And wow. the gym was probably the, the number one thing, the, the, the number two thing after making the decision to get better that helped me with my recovery significantly is actually, you know, physical movement and, and going to the gym, working towards getting myself back to where, well, kind of to where I was when it comes to playing soccer again. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what would be the biggest obstacle you would say that you had to endure during your recovery? That's a really good question. Uh, I would say it was one, the insurance companies. Yeah. <laughs> they do not like it. Uh, they, they, I just, I don't want to talk about it, but insurance companies. Yeah. And also uh, I would say my, my family, okay. more, more particularly my mom, because she was kind of, of course, she's scared that if I do go do these things, that I would get injured again. So she was, she was coming from a place of love, but it was fear that you know if I go out and start playing soccer again, just walking again, that I yeah. might re-injure myself, which is exactly. fair because she's a mom. Yeah. Um, but that was the biggest two things: was just them not believing that I had the ability to get better. Okay. Mm-hmm. Going along with that one, then. Who would be your biggest support system during your recovery? What did that look like? The, okay, so the biggest support system. Let me think about it. I would say it was my recovery team, my rehab team. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you probably know as well. Yeah, you know, there's a this, whole slew of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I had speech therapists. I had a tutor because, you know, I was in high school at the time, and she helped me tremendously with just you know, getting through and keeping up with the material that was uh, that was major because I've always wanted to go to university, and thankfully that didn't hold me back because I had a tutor, uh, and then my rehab support worker, my physiotherapy, my physiotherapist was major as well. They are the unsung heroes of when it comes to recovery. Yeah. They don't get enough credit. That physiotherapist. <laughs> Um, we don't like them at the beginning, but then no. they grow on us. <laughs> oh, they grow. They grow. When, you, when you start seeing some progress and you're like, oh, I can actually move my fingers again? Come, 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 more. Please come back. Right. Can you come back four times a week? No? Okay. You don't, the, the file doesn't specify that? Okay. <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, physiotherapy, my occupational therapist, and my social worker were, were all amazing. And, and thanks to them, uh just encouraging me to, to do what I need to do to get better. That's, that's how I'm here today. Awesome. Mm-hmm. What three words would you use to describe rehabilitation? Hmm. That's funny. That's, that's interesting. What three words I would describe to this rehabilitation? Have you heard of the school of greatness podcast? 
Yes. I feel like I'm on, I'm doing the, that right now, you know, Kim, <laughs> what is, what do you define as greatness? <laughs> Sidetrack there. Um, oh, I think, uh, courage. Okay. Commitment and consistency. Love it. Yeah. And I can go into those a little bit. Um, when it comes to courage, you need to be very courageous to, to make the decision to get better. That's, that's you Step one. digging deep inside of yourself to be like, you know what, I'm making a decision. And that takes courage. Yep. Uh, any decision itself makes, takes courage. But when it comes to deciding that, you know what, I am going to be better for myself and for my future, mm-hmm. um, that's very powerful. And it takes, it takes mm-hmm. a lot of courage to do that. Um, commitment because you have to commit to the process, the process of going out and doing the work of being better. Um, and then consistency, because if you're never, if you're not consistent, then you're never going to get the results you you're, you're going after when it comes to your results and, and get into, and getting back to what you were doing before. And I, I, I say that because it's, it's my mantra for life. Those three things yeah. is what I live by now because now I'm a transformation coach, helping people overcome those limiting beliefs without those three things, you will not get the result. Right. So that's what I drive home is those three things. It's actually because of my car accident. That's why I'm the man I am today. So Awesome. I was just going to ask you, is that how you got the career that you have now is through everything that you've done through your recovery has made you want to help other people? Yes, 100%. Um, after my car accident, I remember being in civics class. I think that's what they, they try to tell you. Or <laughs> oh, careers. Or, careers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, there, and then I remember my teacher being like, yo, so what, what do you want to do? For your life. And I'm like, yeah. now, because I knew for a fact that it, it was an unrealistic goal for me to be a professional soccer player ever again. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not going to happen because I don't have the physical capacity to do that. Um, so I was like, I just want to help people. I love it. You know, I didn't know exactly how. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, I just want to help people who are in very un- un- um, unfortunate circumstances and help them grow and become the best version of themselves. That was all I wanted to do back then. And uh, that, that led me to going into social work. Uh, I didn't really do that. I was like doing social work. I'm like, ah, this is not my thing. And then into personal training. And here I am. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Been on a good journey. It's been an interesting journey, ups and downs, but that's life. For sure. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So how would you say that your recovery has affected your mental health? Mm, that's a really good question. It, it's, it's still affecting my mental health, believe yeah. it or not. Um, because, you know, during this quarantine, I, I, I had some time to reflect and realize that um, because of the trauma I experienced from that, it's affecting my mental health now because I still have some certain limiting beliefs about what uh, my capabilities are. Okay. Um, because... I'm always like, oh, nobody cares about my story. Nobody, nobody thinks I'm interested. And all those limiting beliefs that I had back then, I still have it on me. I'm carrying it like a, a old ball and chain or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right? So, and, and, that's, and that's very important to, to realize. And I didn't realize it until like maybe like two or three weeks ago um, when I reached out to you and, you know, when, yeah. when we started talking. It's like, I need to be sharing my story. I need to be... Um, out of my own head because that's what's been holding me back from being even more successful or even more healthier up here 
uh, because physically I'm good. I've kind of mastered that <laughs> the yep. physical aspect of coping with my injuries. But up here, I haven't mastered healing, you mm -hmm. know, mentally. So I, I'm still in the process of doing that, but uh, I'm excited for the journey. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Have you accepted your new life or your new norm, as I like to call it? Mm. Oh, 100%. I, 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 I think I dove right into the new norm after I started playing soccer again in high school um, because that was, that was my bliss. I was yeah. happy oh, uh, again, happy. you know? And, and, you know, I had an ankle foot orthotic because I had dropped foot and it needed this plastic implement. I broke four or five of those things playing soccer and I did not care. I, I remember going to the hospital and they're like, do you know how expensive this is? And I'm like, it's, it's definitely not as expensive as me staying at home being depressed. Let me tell you that. Right? And yeah. they were like, oh my God, what are you talking about? I'm like, listen, this is what I'm doing to keep myself sane and to keep yeah. myself from like all these negative and, you know, self-loathing. Um, yeah. So if, if that means that you know, the insurance company has to spend another thousand dollars <laughs> to so get me another it. one. Do it. Like, yeah. isn't the whole point of all of this for me to get better? Like, mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I, I kind of dived into the new form of life uh, just straight after I started playing soccer. I was just like, okay, so what's my future look like, you know? Yeah, love it. Yeah. yeah. And then tying in again with that one a little bit, how do you feel about the word disability? Now, for me, when I hear that, when my social worker at the very beginning said, oh, we have to figure out what your disability looks like and what your life is going to look like now, even to this day, it still makes me cringe. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I don't see myself as having a disability. And it's mm -hmm. now that I've learned more about it and I've gone to school for OTA, PTA, I'm learning that there's invisible disabilities out there like mental health or like the scars on our legs that we have that people can't see when we have pants on. Right. Yeah. So what are your feelings towards that word? Oh, I hate the word disability. <laughs> I never, I remember like the same thing. My social worker, you know, was talking about, okay, you know, we have to figure out what exactly your disabilities because you're, you're, you're unusual case because you're getting better so quickly. Right. Yes. <laughs> I am like disability. I'm like, I don't feel disabled at all. Like, exactly. you know, I, they're like, but technically you are. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be referred to as a disabled person. It's such a negative con con connotation to it. Um, it does. When it comes, I'm not saying people who are disabled are, you know, it's not a real thing. But for me, I was just like, if you're putting this label on me and I accept that label, that's going to hinder me from actually progressing. Because exactly. if, if I accept myself, it. yeah, for sure. because if you accept the labels people put on you, that is, that is not a good place to be. No. And for, for me, I'm, I was always like, I am not a victim. I'm, I was, exactly. I'm victimized, you know, uh, and getting out of that victim mentality quickly is, is going to be very beneficial for you. Uh, because once you get out of that, being from, go from being a victim to being victimized, you have the power now because victimized means that you overcome or overcame whatever you went through back then, what yeah. the car accident. So I hate the word disability. I, I sh when it comes to people recovering, you should probably, I would be like, oh, you're not disabled, you know, just because it just. It brings up that negative feeling, you know, so. Yeah, it's just limitations, I guess you could say, that you just have to learn how to overcome or, mm -hmm. 
like for example exercising now i have to learn how to do modified exercise maybe i can't do um calf raises anymore because of my ankle mm -hmm. but yeah. you can find a modified way to do it 100 percent, 100 I, I totally agree with that i think exercise is one of the the, the best ways to recover faster yeah. your body loves movement and you know the, the more you move the body the the more opportunity it has to relearn how to move again because yeah. your body is so smart your body when people mistreat their body i'm like oh you only have one yeah. and you're lucky enough that you know this car accident happened and you survive mm -hmm. you know how empowering that should be yeah you know the, the universe chose you yeah but exactly. the fact that you're alive is a miracle you know yeah. in and out of itself the fact that you went through a, uh, some kind of motor vehicle accident and survived that's that's powerful there, there's something that you are you're here to do uh when it comes to that so yeah I, I, i've reminder. always been what was that that's a great reminder yeah of course you know and, and i think a lot of people uh forget that yeah you know we're, the fact that we are we were born is crazy <laughs> it's, it is. it's like 400 million to one you know so the fact that and the fact that you got in the car accident and then survived again you're resilient man. you know like own a cat that. with nine lives 100 percent. you have to own that don't don't test it out too much no 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 <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> just you know one. you got just one you, know, you got to own that right so that's right that's yeah right. awesome mm -hmm. what three words would you leave with other fellow survivors out there in order for them to keep going in their recovery mm, recovery keep hmm three words i would i would say you know my mantras courage commitment and consistency awesome i i i couldn't say that enough because those are the winning uh that's a winning formula for success and re rehabilitation yeah is actually you know making making the decision to to be better I to see. be better for your future First step. yeah you know where you are right now isn't where you know you could be or you're going to be in a year from now mm -hmm. because i think i think people forget that life is always moving time is always moving and and with the fact that time is always moving is that it should be an opportunity for you to be like you know what i'm only here once i should try to be better yeah you know even if everybody else around me is saying all those kind of oh you're never going to get better you're never going to play soccer you're never going to be able to do this you're never going to be able to do that yeah that's their negative self-talk and they're trying to project that on you and you and if you internalize that i i guarantee you are going to be sicker and 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 your healing process is going to take longer because yeah. you have those thoughts coming in and you're accepting it mm -hmm. as truth so yeah and patience is so key i'm learning that even four years down the road here that mm -hmm. patience just keeps hitting me in the butt <laughs> yeah yeah it takes time especially even in this quarantine life that we've been going through mm -hmm. patience is another it's like oh my god when can we go out and socialize with friends exactly you know and i i, I feel and i feel for the the people who are were in the process of recovering i was just th saying that to my family this week too is i mm -hmm. can't even imagine being in the process right now yeah and that's why it's important what you're doing here with this podcast to make sure that it helps people in the similar circumstances to feel like they're not alone. 
Yeah. Um, because if if there was a podcast like this, you know, ten years ago, I have no, I have no idea what would happen. My recovery may, may have been way faster if okay. I knew there was people around having those experiences. So that's yeah. why I think what you're doing is so powerful, and you should definitely continue doing it and get wow. more people on because. Yeah. Uh, just just hearing the stories and the the similarities in our stories and dealing with insurance companies dealing with all of the the all things the that come after you get in the car accident it's yeah. it's tough it um, and especially for somebody who was I, I was 15 when that happened right That's so I, I spent cool. like 10 years trying to get through that stuff right so yeah you've grown it's, it's up in your recovery yeah I, I yeah wow. and 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 in a way, that was a blessing because we know from from the the science that the younger you are, the easier it is for you to recover. Yeah. Um. And the the it's you have a higher chance of recovery if you're younger, I should say. So you know, it just it just happened the way it, it did happen, and I'm happy that it happened when I was like 15 and not like now because I would I didn't even know what would what I would do. So yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the power the power of your mind is it's truly amazing it is very amazing a positive attitude and determination it truly goes a far like very very far <laughs> yeah 100 percent. and you have to feel it in here too i think um that we there's we think that you know just positive affirmations is going to make your life change but it's not true you have to do the work and you have to feel it yeah. it has to come from a place of, of emotion because emotions is what brings about the change you know yeah. you have to feel you have to be like I, I need this is something i need to do for myself exactly you gotta choose you you gotta choose yourself love it yeah you know every day yeah. every day every day especially if you're experiencing if you were in, uh, involved in a car accident because the work never stops no as i said i'm still trying to figure out all these thoughts that always go through my mind negative positive you know i'm still trying to heal fully from yeah. those experiences yeah. and this is 10 years you know um so you know for your listeners don't beat yourself up too much if you haven't had it figured out all of a sudden you know because it's going to take a while yeah. uh, but you have to you know focus on doing that deep work inside first yeah. the physical the outside is going to heal it's just the okay. way it is but up here yeah yeah mm -hmm. that's great advice for the listeners out there thank yeah, you i try <laughs> <laughs> And the question I'm sure not only am I thinking about while we've been listening to you talk, what about your passion for soccer? Have you got to return to that at all? Yes. Um, I played high school soccer, like on my high school soccer team, although it was only for like in you know, a year because I spent two years out of school recovering. I still was very proud of myself for doing that, just being able to make the soccer team. Um and then I ended up with my, my rep team, my competitive team. I ended up going to Europe, playing soccer and playing in tournaments all over wow. the U.S. Um, of course, it was harder, yeah. but yeah, you know, I, I worked, I worked very hard for that. So, um, it, you know, the dream of just playing more soccer came through. I, I still play till today. You know, every Sunday I go, well, not right now because of COVID, but <laughs> every Sunday I, I was, I was going out and playing because I love it so much and it's a very huge part of my life and I'm, it's never going to change this is something i'm going to do forever so awesome yeah just one final question then for you what mm -hmm. would you say would be the point in your whole recovery or even the whole 10 years that you've had doing your recovery that it really i guess it really hits you that mm -hmm. okay wow this this accident happened to me this is my new life and this is what it looks like mm -hmm. at what point do you think that was 
I think, you know, it hit me when I got home from the hospital. The first time I was discharged and I got back to my house and I was sitting on my bed and I realized I, I can't do anything. Every, everything has to be brought to me. I can't walk. Yeah. And I can barely go to the washroom by myself. And before that, I was a very independent person. I'm, I pride myself on still being a very independent person <laughs> that I was never the one to want anybody to do things for me because I wanted to learn and do things for myself to experience those things. So um, it, that's when it hit me that, you know what, you have to change because you're, the values that you've grown up with and the things that made you who you are is going to disappear if you don't make that decision to be better. For so sure. that, that happened at a very young age when you think that's a good, that's a great question. Cause I never realized how strong I was back then. Wow. You know? it, Cause it takes strength to do that. Yeah. You know? So that's interesting. Good question. <laughs> Thank you. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to leave us with at all before we go, I guess our separate ways <laughs> wrap up, um, you know, make sure you follow, you know, and then it hit me one, <laughs> number one, um, and share it on all your social media. And my social media is Vitality Nutrition and Personal Training. Yeah, so just you know, hit me up if you have any questions. Um, and, and yeah, the number one thing I'll, I'll leave you with is you got to decide. You have to make a decision for yourself and for your future. And uh, without making that decision, you know, you're just going to be spinning your tires and, and things are going to be harder than it really needs to be. So make the decision. Make that plunge. Great. What an awesome way to end this. Thank you so much for your time. Take care through all of this quarantine and everything. 100%. And I will also put your email and everything in the post when I post the podcast. And then yes. if people contact you. Oh, 100%. Um, for sure. You know. And again, thank you again for just you know, having me on and, and sharing my story with, with your followers and everybody. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Take care. That wraps up another episode. Don't forget to give me a like and follow at And Then It Hit Me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to stay up to date with the latest podcasts and community conversation. If you found this podcast helpful, please be sure to share this with your family and friends. If you know of anyone who would like to be interviewed, who is a trauma survivor, caregiver, or medical professional with a similar story, please reach out. Thank you.